Pod save the Queen! Hello and welcome back to Pod Save the Queen, the Daily Mirror's royal podcast and probably our most exciting episode yet because the royal baby is here! (laughs) So um, we're recording this on Wednesday afternoon. We are still waiting to find out the baby's name. We think the announcement is imminent. So Victoria Murphy, the Daily Mirror's royal correspondent, who is here with us again, she has her phone with her. So we will be listening out for updates. And um, if it comes after the show, then we'll pop back and do a little extended bulletin at the end to discuss the name because the royals always go for some kind of historically significant name so there'll be plenty to talk about there I'm sure I'm Anne Grippet your host also with us is Amber Grafland fashion director hello um so much has happened since we last talked and that's even that's before we even got to Monday and the announcement that came at about what was it about 10 past 8 that the I know I feel like the last podcast was about a month ago it's been so much royal news I haven't my feet haven't touched the ground honestly I bet it's been crazy so (laughs) Harry and Meghan were out and about on Saturday morning then it was the Queen's birthday party on Saturday night and then they were there which we talked about didn't we last time about the possibility of them going yeah and that was really lovely actually to see them all there together um and then, of course, Monday was the big... Monday was the big thing. The so, big day, yeah. yeah the queen, We've got to start with the baby. Got to surely. start with the baby. I was, <laughs> I was just racing through everything else that had happened, so we didn't need to talk about it at all. <laughs> Harry was at the marathon. The Queen started the marathon. Well yeah. done to our own Danielle Stacey for running Finish the marathon. Yeah. I'm in awe of anyone who did that marathon in that heat. It was crazily hot. And then we thought Monday, the big news was going to be Harry and Meghan going to the Stephen Lawrence Memorial Service, um, which, again, we talked about briefly last week. Harry read a a lovely message from Prince Charles at the memorial service. Um, But baby news happened. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I was all primed to go uh, to cover that memorial service. And we thought, you know, this is a really significant story. This is, um, you know... A murder that was, um, you know, horrific and, and and talked about so much for so many years, and then you've got Harry and Meghan, you know, the two new royals in the spotlight who are going to shine a light on this memorial service, and that was obviously going to be a big story. And then no one went because, unfortunately for them, you know, the, the royal baby decided to, to make his appearance um, on Monday, on St George's Day, a patriotic little baby. Um, and the message was released quite early in the morning, actually. We had been told that they would try not to um, make announcements between 9am and 10pm. Um, only make so the announcement between 9am and 10 Only to make announcements, not to make, yeah, not to make announcements before 9am or after 10pm. And... Um, so I was, you know, blissfully kind of, you know, thinking nothing would, would happen before 9am. And of course, at 8.20am, <laughs> they decided to tell us all that she'd gone into labour. And there was a, obviously, as happens in these cases, a bit of a frenzy. And, um, you know, what was interesting is that the Lindo wing, the barriers had been up for two weeks. But actually, people had been quite restrained about going down. And, you know, we'd been asked not to go down and um, kind of start filling up the spots but inevitably you felt that as time went on people might do that but it didn't really happen I think it was maybe to do with 
the fact that there was a lot going on the week before with the Commonwealth heads of government meeting and people were out at various things and Harry and Meghan were out and about and so the usual suspects who would be covering the baby would just stay busy doing other things um, and so there was just this rush on Monday morning and everyone got down there as quickly as possible so where were you when you found out how, was, how did you, you find out I was on the school run I was on the school <laughs> run I found out because I saw the email so even I was still giving my phone the odd little check as I was taking my daughter to school and I kind of went into the into the school playground and then I said to someone else's mum can you just stand with her to this morning and then I sort of like ran off um, which was fine I knew her well so it was fine she, she was in safe hands um and uh and then yes got to the Lindo Ring as quickly as possible and um along with everyone else it was starting to get busy but of course I, I knew that we had plenty of time in reality because you know we needed to hear that the child had been born first all we knew at that stage was that she'd gone into labor we needed to hear the child had been born and then of course we knew it was going to be some time before they came out and we actually got to see something but it was all probably about as quick as it could possibly be I mean incredibly impressive exactly the same as Charlotte really she had the baby early in the morning um well in the morning in this case um 11 a.m you are correct the yes. details are very important <laughs> all the details. um and then left hospital that same day looking incredible <laughs> yes uh, a lot of fuss has been made about how incredible she looked in fact some people have kind of commented that it's not fair on her to have to look so fabulous or having just had a baby or someone else has, someone else has suggested maybe every there should be like a primp and preen service for new mums in all the hospitals to make you go away I'm feeling sure amazing I'm sure in some <laughs> hospitals there is the rather right than ones. A, a I mean, yeah I think I think that is the thing actually uh, you know people really kind of posing for their first picture with their baby I mean I from my experience as giving birth I just can't imagine being able to think about things like that no. in such a short space of time but I think I think what it is testament to is the the, the the excellent medical care that she receives the excellent medical team and the attention that is paid to her in her pregnancies and the delivery which you know gives her the best chance possible of having a smooth delivery I mean obviously every birth is different births are unpredictable nothing can guarantee you but I think you know it's got to be said hats off to that medical team because they obviously did a very good job that she felt that she was able to well they talk they say there the are hospital. 20 people on her medical team and three months prior to the due date they are on call 24 hours a day and have to be ready mm. so that is you know with 20 yeah. people at your beck and call you're going to get the best care yeah and maybe I suppose the confidence that you might feel knowing that that's there as well and then perhaps you know she's she goes went home to Kensington Palace the same day with Charlotte and with this this new little boy um, but I suppose knowing in the back of your mind that you can call someone immediately if you have a worry is a bit different to maybe thinking oh when I leave hospital that might That's be it. it and I'm not going to get the support <laughs> so you know isn't let's not pretend that she has the same situation as other people however even despite not having the same situation I still think people will say that's pretty amazing that she I mean I think for me the thing that's most striking it's not so much the makeup and the hair because you know your face isn't affected necessarily when you have a baby it's the, it's the walking in heels down those steps I just yeah. think I couldn't really imagine <laughs> doing that you know um, and it was Jenny Packham again yep, which we thought it probably would time, be yes. but a very different style actually compared to the previous two it was very different and obviously immediately the comparisons were drawn with the dress that Diana wore when she posed outside the Lindo wing with Prince Harry it was the red dress with the um, obviously 
um, Kate's had the similar Peter Pan collar. It wasn't quite as fussy as Diana's. It was kind of like an updated version of, and I thought that was a touching tribute. But yeah, very different to the dresses before. Obviously, with um, Prince George, we had the blue polka dot Jenny Packham dress, and I love the fact that there was a pink and white polka dot version on standby. Um, and then obviously for Princess Charlotte, it was the yellow, the floral dress, also by Jenny Packham, with the long sleeve, but it was a different time of year, and it was a bit more covered up. And then this time, yeah, something very different. What kind of had a retro touch to it, a bit flouncier than anything we've seen Kate wear before. And a bold colour as well, strong, rather yeah. than pastels. I thought that was interesting, yeah, the fact that it was it was very bright, very vibrant. Well, I um, think that was obviously based on the fact that they made this tribute to Diana and they had modelled it on a very kind of 80s design that Diana I'm had I'm wondering worn. if it's a si if it's a signal that... Stop. That the we're not going to cover any more Yeah, that's what I was thinking. This is it. Because, because it's what Diana wore with... Uh, um, youngest child, I suppose. Whereas it's interesting, she she wore, um, I'm right in thinking, an outfit similar when she came out with George. It was similar to the outfit that Diana wore with William, and that was that her. was blue as well. That, I think it was, yes. it was a different colour, but it had the spots on. I think, mm. um, and that's obviously her first oh, yeah. child. And then yeah. the second time, she didn't choose one that she wore with Harry. So it's almost like she was kind of saying, okay, so it was the way we still got. It was like she had really carefully thought out plan. Yeah, that that would be that's that's maybe a stretch. Yeah, it would have to be very carefully thought out. But it is interesting that she didn't choose an outfit on her second child, the same as the one that Diana had when she had Harry. She went for third, and that was the kind of the end of the day. And the so the the new baby was appeared to be fast asleep, quiet, good as gold. Do you think they would have been? Was it that way actually when you were down there or with the little squeals? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, he was sound asleep, yeah. So would they have waited for feeding time to have happened, baby, to, like to work out what that timing would be? Because it's always been quite calm, hasn't it, with the, all three of them? Yeah, I mean, George was slightly different because she had George later in the day around four o'clock and then she... Um, she had George later in the day around four o'clock and then she stayed overnight and came out the next day so that was a bit different whereas with Charlotte the timing was very similar to the timing of this baby so she had the baby in the morning um, and then of course we had the visits so in Charlotte's case it was just George and obviously with this baby it was George and Charlotte came to visit now that's a nice little tradition and it's clearly done for the benefit of keeping up that tradition because George and Charlotte could easily have seen their little brother yes. when he went back to Kensington Palace just a few hours later and I think most families would agree that's probably the most logistically sensible thing to do but it was clear that they wanted to keep up that tradition of royal siblings visiting and, and you know nice that they actually did that possibly so that we could see it as well you know I mean William is reluctant to do things for the media and I'm sure that he wasn't doing it for us but he clearly was very happy for that to be a public moment rather than um, just for them to see their brother behind closed doors so we had the visits and I, I think it would have been a case yes I mean they would never have they wouldn't have come out there if the baby was awake and crying I mean there's you know so obviously he had been fed and uh, he was asleep and they you know there was probably a window in which they could say right yes we're going to go and then they give their staff the nod and then we get the nod okay it's going to be fairly soon and then it, it all kind of happens um, one of my favourite pictures from that is actually one that came a bit afterwards that um, Ian Vogler, our photographer colleague, was down there with you. He took one of uh, William and Kate walking down the steps, holding hands. That was Because we don't often see, you know, they're not as tactile with each other in public as, as Meghan and Harry are at the moment, you know. But William's holding the baby in the baby carrier and they're walking down, walking down the steps, holding hands. And it's just like, that's 
quite sweet. Like everybody's looking at you, yeah. Yeah. but you've still got that family moment together. Yeah, that nice show of unity. And there's a couple of nice pictures of them looking at each other and smiling. And yeah, you think, you know, that's nice that we get to see that, that, that get a little bit of an insight perhaps into, um, you know, their, or feel that we can a little bit into their relationship. I thought it was nice that um, William, as he did with when Charlotte was born and when George was born, drove himself. Um, you know, the royals do like to drive themselves. They don't want to just feel like they're being ferried around and they want to feel like they have control and he, and he wants to drive his family home and that's what he wanted to do and he drove George and Charlotte to the hospital as well. Um, and he did the little bit of talking that happened outside the hospital at any stage, yeah. didn't he? Kate didn't say anything. She didn't say anything. And that was different to George. When it was with George, they both came down closer to the um, TV crews and uh, reporters and spoke. I think perhaps in recognition that it was their first and this was they were commenting on being parents for the first time and that was part of the interest. Whereas and I the suppose, future king. Yes, exactly. And George is the future king. That is that is a big a big difference. But I think with Charlotte, they didn't do that, and we didn't get any words actually with Charlotte, as far as I can recall. And I think with this little baby, I think they were, it was quite nice that we got a little something, which was pretty nice, just to kind of feel that yes, we've um, you know we, we've heard from them on that day. And he made some kind of joke about. Well, he said thrice worry now. Yes. I mean, because we all speak like that, don't we? You know, <laughs> I think I don't, gosh, goodness knows where that came from. But he obviously... It had been a stressful yeah, day. Yeah, exactly. He'd probably been up early. He'd probably been up in the night. But he was uh, he was saying, you know, three times the worry. And, and he's right. You know, it is, it's, you know, it doesn't matter that they're royal. They obviously have that love for their children and worrying about them is completely natural. And um, George and Charlotte, it was the first time we've seen them in a little while, really, and they were absolute show stealers, weren't they, when they turned up. And so, you know, William had come out and said, I'll be back soon. So, And it was after school, so you thought, okay, fine, he's going to go get the kids, or he's at least going to go home and check on them, and are they in a massive strop after whatever's (laughs) gone on today, or are they going to be in the mood to meet their new little brother? We were not, you know, they were very reluctant to confirm that he was going to bring them back for that reason. You just don't know with kids that age what you're going to get, you know. And then when he arrives, so you open the one door and George gets out first, and looks quite shy, and then you're like, oh, is Charlotte there as well? And pops around the other side, and she got out as well and you know at that stage with two children you've got enough for one hand each that's Mm. not going to be the case when number three gets up and walking and I have to be the two of them there but you know they're walking down and George George looked quite um shy and restrained like he'd he'd waved when he went in to see Charlotte but then Charlotte was just like waving to everybody it was like she was on the catwalk or something walking down the pavement looking at everything that was going on and then walking up the steps just turning again and giving like a proper little cheeky wave to everybody so I was quite close to the the car where George got out and there was a kind of like a little bit of a oh that went up among the crowds because as well as the media there was also a well wishes um kind of pen we call it they were kind of held back on the pavements and they were people who wanted to come down a lot of the fans who've been camping out but also people who just came down on the day were standing there and um i think obviously the roads had all been cleared and it was loads of quite a heavy police presence and then also all their protection officers as well all around making sure that you know the path is clear for them to drive up and get out the car and uh, and I think George is just that little bit older, isn't he? And much more aware of what's going on. And I think he just was a, a, a lot more unsure of, of the situation and didn't look like he was really that keen on, on being 
there uh, being in front of everyone I think presumably was what he wasn't so keen on and then but Charlotte's just a bit younger and she just didn't it didn't seem to bother her at all she seemed completely happy I actually thought when I was watching them and in looking at some of the back at some of the videos that William was kind of was leaning down he was looking down he was saying something to them when he was walking with one either side of him and I think he was saying oh do you want to wave are you going to wave I think that's why Charlotte was waving but it's interesting that despite it seems like George really really didn't want to wave because he wasn't waving at all but kids go through those phases don't they I yeah. think there's, there's two two small children that wave at me they've got no idea who I am they wave at me when I walk past them on my way to the train and they're off to wherever they're being taken people like little children go through phases where waving is the best thing yeah. in the world yeah. but yeah. partly for the reaction as well some kids just love to get the reaction out of out of the audience I mean Charlotte would lo- loved it so much she, she turned around when she got to the top of the steps and gave you know an extra wave and would so. people like the pre- people have been calling their names they have been calling out no, to them? No, I don't think they were, actually. No, I, I'm i trying to think. Was anyone calling their names? No. It was The photographers have got a very focused. They've got huge, they've got heavy equipment, you know, and they were all making sure that they get the best shot possible. So they they generally don't tend to shout anything out unless someone's in their way, then they all start shouting. Like, sometimes shouting you get a situation where protection officers or police stand in front, you know, and they get told, very quickly to get out of the way by a team of photographers but I think I think I, I can't imagine that anyone would have shouted no. at um, kids and I certainly didn't hear that um, because you know they're just little kids aren't they and there is an appreciation for that there was quite a cute moment as well when they went inside it looked like George kind of put his arm around Charlotte or you know you never quite know with small children you might have been giving her well, a someone, poke in the ribs someone was talking about this and someone I know thought that he flicked her head <laughs> <laughs> quite different things but yeah it's sort of being like a nice big brother gesture flicking her but you could just imagine that conversation going back to the parents mum George flicked me in the head no I wasn't I was rubbing her hair you know there's like two sides having to judge the two children yeah yeah. but it was actually a really big significant constitutional moment for princess charlotte because traditionally even though she was child number two she'd have got bumped out of the way in the line of succession not that it probably is ever going to matter to her little brother yeah but in the 21st century finally as of 2013 and they did it retrospectively I think didn't they back to yeah exactly so the succession to the crown act 2013 but it um, actually um, applied to babies born from um, 2011 I believe is the case um, no no start that again no it was it, was, it, okay, it, was, it started when George was born didn't it yeah so it was uh, babies basically born after William and Kate's wedding. I think it was October 2011. There must have been some other yeah. grandchildren born just before that. I think was... I think what happened was, from what I can recall, they started to bring it in and they were keen to bring it in quickly b- before Kate had George. Um, because they wanted, you know, if that baby was a girl, they wanted to make sure that that was secured as the heir. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just the heir... Um, presumptive which would be what which was what Queen Elizabeth was so when she was born she was the heir presumptive meaning that you are the heir but until something but, but unless something, something better like comes change. along yeah exactly like, yeah. yeah exactly exactly um and whereas the whereas if she'd been a boy she would have been the heir apparent which just means that's that's it you know so they wanted they were very keen to make sure that that baby whatever it was a boy or a girl was the it was the heir apparent and then no one could say the law wasn't changed in time so actually um so yeah but um so, so this came in and, of course, meant that any children born 
after that point um, that th this is what would happen. So of course Kate had a boy so it sort of didn't matter, then she had a girl, but now she's had another boy um, that boy will not overtake Charlotte in the line of succession, which would have happened before that law was passed. But they didn't do it retrospectively, as in they didn't go back to all of the previous line of succession and move everyone around. So, of course, you've got the Queen's children, you've got Charles is the heir, and then you have Anne is the second born, but Andrew is next is is next in line to Charles and his children and Edward and Edward's children are ahead of Anne and her children in the line of succession um, and that hasn't been changed and I don't think Anne is remotely bothered by it <laughs> and I don't think that Rm Peter are remotely bothered by it either no she's always been quite sort of oh yeah whatever yeah. the kids haven't she didn't put HRH on the she um, didn't put HRH she didn't give her children any titles at all um, and uh, you know I think that that's something that will be really interesting for George, Charlotte and this next baby's children, what they decide to do. I mean, of course, George with his children will very much be, they will, um, well, his eldest child will be the heir to the throne. Um, and, you know, we will have, they'll be very formal, but with Charlotte and this next baby, they, they could opt not to have no titles at all if they wanted to with their children. One of the things, I can't remember who I got talking about this with, we were debating at what stage George would get told that one day you will be the king. Like, that must be weird when you're a small child. And then um, one of my colleagues, Michael, who's got children probably of a similar age to um, to George and Charlotte, maybe a bit older, saying, you know, the kids in the playground, they would know about this stuff. They, they would be aware mm. of who this small child was from, from at home. So it's you'd have hard. to tell them before they go to school that, you know, yeah. you're not like other children. And also they come as much as the protection officers try and be discreet. You know, they, they come with full time round the clock protection you know presumably standing in the playground and uh, I don't think in the classroom I think they do something more with cameras in the classrooms but you know that that child does change things um and it's interesting because William was actually asked about this in an interview um, by BBC's Royal Correspondent Nicholas Witchell. And he asked him, I presume at some point you have to explain to him what is going on. Um, and uh, William was well, didn't didn't seem to like the question very much, actually, I thought. I don't know, just maybe just didn't have the best rapport, I don't know. <laughs> he, um, he, he kind of said, no, you know, we, everything's very normal and there may be a time when that has to be the case, but everything's very normal. Now, that would have been for the Queen's 90th birthday, so that was a couple of years ago. So perhaps, as you say, things have changed, maybe now that he's got a little bit older. Um, and I also think what's interesting is in, ch in childhood, because I have a daughter the same age as George, there's the royals and princes and princesses and knights and that whole kind of um, fairy tale world are so much part of children's toys, children's games, children's decorations, children's clothing. It's, it's, it's a huge feature of that. And I wonder how you handle that because, you know, little girls wanting to be princesses and um, boys you know, being knights. And, you know, let's not get into what I think about that in terms of gender equality, but, you know, that's a whole <laughs> yeah. different discussion. But, but, but it is, and I wonder, do the, do the royal family allow their children who are actual princes and princesses to, to find that kind of thing exciting and fun because is it is it a little bit too close maybe <laughs> actually it's not fun being a princess yeah, at all you've got yeah. to do a lot of curtain and, and opening books. there's so many children's books about princesses the queen and you know my, my daughter knows who the queen is probably partly because of my job but they do learn about these things at school and it must be strange must be really really weird um so yesterday they were at home recovering from a day of uh 
a day of excitement. Um, we saw Pippa arrive to visit. Um, thought she's expecting her first child later this year as well, which will be exciting. There's a proper gaggle of small children of a similar age for yeah, them to, be really to have nice friends with, you know. For them to have some other little cousins, yeah. Um, do we know whether Harry and Meghan might have visited? Because they live in the same I mean, area, so we wouldn't know. I believe that they didn't because, you know, they live next, they live in the same palace and you know, William and Harry are very close. Yes, I'm sure they went to see him yesterday. And then William was back out on duty today at, yeah. at, a, at a service. There was nice pictures of, um, you know, Meghan giving him a kiss on the cheek of greeting and that kind of thing and early start for Meghan and Harry today as well yeah so I was there I have to say I wasn't there at the dawn service this morning sorry um you had children to look after yeah I did I did have yeah I did have to just go on but I was there at Westminster Abbey for the Anzac Day service which obviously commemorates all um the um soldiers um well all, all um people from New Zealand and Australia who have fought in combat um, and of course, William is going to be head of state. He's going to be king in Australia and New Zealand. So it's quite important for him to show his support for Anzac Day. Um, he wasn't originally announced to attend the Westminster Abbey service. There was quite a few events, I think, around this week that he had wanted to go to, but would probably have rather not be announced as attending and then pull out more the case of let's not announce and then if we can go that's a bonus rather than having to look like pulling out so I think that very much fell into that category it was that it was always there as something that he would have liked to have gone to and he decided that he was able to go uh, it was kind of strange to see him actually two days after the baby was born and um, he was talking about the baby uh, making a couple of jokes about names as people he was meeting a lineup when he arrived at the abbey and some people were sort of lobbying for their name to be the baby's name and there was a guy called Jerry and he was saying yeah Jerry's a strong name I think is what he said I mean I'd be surprised but we don't know yet do we and um, and then he was talking uh, being asked a little bit about the baby and how everyone's getting on and he was saying that sleeping it seems to be sleeping quite well which is a very good thing we'll yeah. touch some wood for you in so here William good boy so and he was saying you know Catherine's doing well and the baby's doing well which is great so all is all is starting well there. Um, how do you think Megan has coped with these sort of more serious sombre duties this week? Well, I guess even from a presentation, because she's not had anything to say. She's you know shaking hands and being um, discreet, I guess, and being um, Harry's companion. So inevitably, we end up talking about what she's wearing. I mean, we yep. would do anyway, but when she's not saying anything or involved really in, in conversations, how do you? Well, she seems to. I mean, to me, it just seems to have slipped into the role very seamlessly. I mean, I know that this has all been very carefully orchestrated, of course, and they will have built up the appointments. And of course, you'll understand more how they do that. But from an outsider who doesn't have lots of royal experience and someone that's just looking at what she's wearing, I think it all seems to have happened very seamlessly. She's taken on the role you know, with, with ease and grace. I think she's looked fabulous. I mean, if we're allowed to get stuck into the outfits, I've got lots to say about that. I think she's looked really, really amazing. Mm-hmm. I think today we've seen two great outfits. I mean, while we were all asleep, she was up, at, you know, dressed at 5 a.m. and looked absolutely stunning, I thought. I mean, it could have looked quite somber. She had a grey custom-made Matthew Williamson coat on that was not that exciting. But I think adding the big felt wide-brim hat gave it, gave it a bit of flair. And I think actually... I think we're starting to see Megan putting her personal touch on outfits now. 
I think in the past it's been very much, I'm here to do business, let's not talk about what I'm wearing. But I feel like today actually she was pushing that a little bit further. And then obviously again, we saw her later in the day, kind of seven hours later, she was in a new outfit, which could have been very dull. It was head to toe black. It was Amelia Wickstead sort of mid-calf dress with a short jacket. But then she had this quite natty little Philip Treacy beret on. And I think again, that gave it a bit of a fashion spin. So I think we're kind of seeing Megan adding a bit more of her flair now and I'd like to see her doing a bit more of that actually. That's interesting because those are both names that Kate has worn, I mean she's Amelia Wickstead she's worn fairly yes. extensively yeah. throughout her royal career yeah. <laughs> really. And then, but it was very different to the things that we've seen Kate wear so Amelia mm. is kind of known for her bold colours actually and the big statement dresses but this was kind of more paired back and obviously it was black because that suited the occasion so it was very, the same designer but actually very uniquely Megan actually the outfit so she did make it look very different and Megan's outfit on Saturday night for the Queen's birthday concert which I was sort thought of it was stunning I thought such a fabulous colour so it was a Stella McCartney dress it was a cape dress I think the fact that she was beautifully coordinated with Harry they were I think totally I, matching weren't yeah, they? I mean, yeah she found the perfect electric blue I thought a lot of the there. royals were in blue they must seem to have maybe gone for that blue theme it yeah but it was a lovely blue it's kind of yeah. a real Eve Klein rich blue and I thought I thought they both looked absolutely stunning and what what a fantastic couple I thought that really was a brilliant example of how they work well together I mean, I think it's staggering how much we've seen her, how much we've seen of her at such yep. key events. She's been involved in the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting. I mean, the Commonwealth is so important to the Queen, so important to the royal family. Um, we also saw last week, since our podcast, huge significant moment. Charles has been named as the new head of the Commonwealth, so he will now take over um, when the Queen dies, when she passes on that role. And that was not a given, you know, that was not something that would automatically happen in the same way that he becomes head of state here. Um, and so it's, you know, to be head of, to be decided as head of the Commonwealth is very constitutionally significant. And you do kind of feel like the, the royals last week were out in force, you know, to kind of put their mark on the yeah. Commonwealth in a way. And, and Meghan was very much a part of that. And she's been, you know, been the fact that she and Harry were sent to the Stephen Lawrence Memorial Service, the fact that she has been sent to the Anzac service. I mean, if William hadn't attended there, then it would have been kind of, you know, her and Harry, the guests of honour, representing the family. And that, that that's a huge thing. And, I mean, Kate was eased in so much more than that. Um, and it's it just a reflection of her confidence, of her poise, of the fact that they clearly very comfortable with letting her you know, take on important duties. And I guess also she's that bit older, but also... The rest of the royal family is that bit older, so the Prince Philip is no longer doing duties, so actually maybe yeah. getting her up to speed fast is yeah. more important. That plays a huge part, and actually you're right, because it's also about the fact that Harry is older as well. So if you remember when William and Kate got married, he wasn't a full-time royal. He was working as search and rescue pilot at the time. He was still being given that space to have a lot more of a private life outside of public duties. And Harry is now a full-time royal and has been a full-time royal, so anyone he marries will automatically have to go straight into that system. Um, and that is probably a very big difference. And but but thankfully, you know, they they seem to have got someone who she she seems 
to be very happy taking it on and she seems to really enjoy it from what I've seen and she's very good at it you know I think she what she has is somebody who she has the experience of someone who knows what it's like to be in front of the camera and who understands what it's like to be watched you know as an actress she's been to events and she's very aware that all eyes are on her so the chances of her making a slip up you know are, are a lot slimmer she's she's sitting there um, you know, watching an event or attending a service, and she knows that everything she does is being watched. And yeah, she's right. incredibly poised yeah. and aware, and she knows yeah. about that camera, and she knows how to work that camera. And she looks at the photographers, yep. and you know, like Kate doesn't really. And I think it, the, the royals, the young royals, you know, they they always want to focus on the people they're visiting. They always want to focus on the charities, and so they always project. They, you know, they don't they don't pose and make it about them. They go in and and they talk to the people who they're there to meet. And as far as they're concerned, they're not there for the media. Although they do, I think, acknowledge that you know bringing the media with them is, is what helps these causes. But they, but Megan, you know, a lot of the photographers say, why can't they just turn around and so we can see their face? You know, we only get the side shot. We don't get we need and Megan right from the beginning seems to have been a lot more accommodating making sure that you know people can see her face when yeah. she's walking into things and um back to the the commonwealth side of things I thought the queen looked really happy through lots of things I mean it was probably certainly after the uh, the formalities when she was at the state dinner and then at her her birthday thing it was probably a massive relief you would imagine that they did say yeah all right we'll have we'll have Charles as, yeah, I as think to be in charge. I think they were very keen to secure that I mean you know they just the, the, the Commonwealth leaders, the leaders of the 53 Commonwealth countries, decided Charles would be the next leader, you know, at a retreat at Windsor Castle. I mean, no pressure, guys, <laughs> but, you know, you all in... I've know, invited you to visit. I mean, you do know, the right cynics thing. would say, you know, it, it, the, the, what was the alternative? It wasn't like an election where there were people, there were two or three people going for it. You know, it was very much, are we going to have Charles or are we not? You know, and it, not was always the more difficult choice. Um, and so, yes, and I think you're right. I think there'll be a huge sense of, of relief about the fact that that is secured, that's locked in now, um, and she is able to, to yeah, to, to, to scale back a bit in the comfort of knowing that, that things are safe for the future. Um, I mean, I don't think there's really anything wrong with saying scale back because we she doesn't do overseas travel um, and she, you know, her, she's still doing a lot of domestic engagements but you know, not to the extent that she was ten years ago, and I think we have to be honest about that and say, I mean, she's ninety-two now, you know. But she looked like she was having an absolute yeah. blast at the state dinner. She looked fabulous. All the pictures she was smiling, even in the sort of official posed-up pictures, you know, with Charles and Theresa May and people that you would, might mm. not normally be having a hoot with. <laughs> she looked like you know they, yeah. they barely managed to stand still properly and and smile. And then um, another favourite picture from this week is the picture of her so she's shaking hands with Justin Trudeau she's obviously tiny the queen and looking up to uh, Justin Trudeau and obviously he's got a bit of a re- reputation as a political heartthrob and pin up and you know can't everyone can't it all be a bit more like <laughs> Justin Trudeau and her f- her face looks just as delighted as any woman might to be in conversation <laughs> with Justin Trudeau and they you know he's he's holding her hand I think at one stage he's sort of holding her hands with with two hands and then even later during the dinner when she's you know, she's got her gold goblet and there's there's someone making a toast or whatever she she just looked um you know at, like happy and being at a, a state 
dinner when you're 92 and yeah, the evening's I mean, cracking I think on. Just, the Commonwealth is so important to her and she loves the Commonwealth and she's been so proud to be head of the Commonwealth. And so I think to have to be at the Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting, which she hasn't been at um, for the last... Well, she went to the one in Malta, but you know she hasn't attended every single one um, in the last few years just because she hasn't been able to do the travel. And so to be able to be there... And, and there was such lovely comments made about her at that dinner as well. Um, so a genuine yeah. sense of pride, I guess. She's very happy. But she's yeah. still out riding. She was um, photographed riding the day that the royal baby was born at Windsor. She's at Windsor at the moment. Yeah, she's carrying out engagements there today. So she hasn't been to see the royal baby yet because she's in Windsor and she's just, you know, it's a bit further away. And I think were she in Buckingham Palace in residence there, she would have probably driven along to, been driven along to Kensington Palace to see the baby either yesterday, maybe today. But, you know, she's at Windsor. Remember, Prince Philip is there. He's recuperating from his hip operation. She's not. She's not going to zoom back to London just to pop in and see the baby. She will see the baby as soon as she can. But is it as likely almost that they'll pop in on her at Windsor when they go to Bucklebury and see the Middletons and all of that kind well, of thing, and maybe, maybe. retreat to the, I think the family have, home? I think, I think what's interesting about the Cambridges at the moment that you have to remember is that George is at school now, so they are locked into the school calendar and they can't just disappear off to. Uh, they're going to get fined if they take him out of well, school. Well, that's a whole other question. But let's assume that he's going to school every day, um, which, I, which I'm sure that he is. And uh, and so I think that they're much more locked into being in London than they were before. Certainly, when Charlotte was born, they 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 were off to Buck, they were not Bucklebury, they were off to Anmar, and they were in Norfolk, and they that's very much where they were and where they considered to be their sort of home, really settling there, and that's where. George went to nursery but now we've seen a huge shift and Charlotte goes to nursery in London they're much more based in London William's a lot busier with official um, both engagements and behind the scenes stuff in London so I I don't think we'll see them in the country as much but I'm, I'm sure they'll go there for the summer Okay, right well we're going to go continue the great Kate Waite part two for the name of the baby <laughs> hopefully we'll be back with you very shortly with a little bulletin immediately after this yeah. so stand by for that still no baby name news no baby name news even, I know even us recording the podcast didn't make it happen so this is officially the longest time we have waited for a Cambridge baby name George and Charlotte were both announced two days after the birth. Um, and I really, really thought that we would get a name today. I have to say I did. I even thought we might get one yesterday, actually, given the fact that this baby, they just seem to be whizzing through everything so efficiently and just all seem to be going so smoothly. So, you know, I do think that they haven't quite made their mind up. And I think, I mean, he's going to get three names. Um, well, we would we would expect, anyway, based on what they did with George and Charlotte. It would be a bit mean to, to give him fewer names or suddenly maybe give him an extra I don't know but yeah we were expecting three names and I guess they have to decide on all three I mean they didn't know if they were having a boy or a girl until the baby was born so perhaps you know they hadn't quite narrowed down their choices as much as they should have done (laughs) and maybe the queen doesn't like it oh (laughs) I mean that would be I think very um, no, no, no. I, like the Queen, I can't imagine intervening in in the, in the name of a child. Certainly, that is quite far down the line of succession, and will be much further down the line of succession in the future. Um, and, you know, her grandchildren have had very non-traditional names as well. If you look at Zara um, and Peter Phillips' children, 
Savannah um, and Isla. I mean, they're, they're not, you know, unusual names, but they're not sort of the traditional royal names. So I, I don't think there's any situation where... I can't see a situation where there would be a veto on, on a name like this. Because so. I know all the, all the bookies and all the talk has been a very traditional names in a lot of ways. I, um, what do you think? What do you think we're in line for? Well, my, I put my choice out there. My, my preference is James Philip Arthur. The thing I'm most confident about is that Philip is going to be a middle name, probably the first middle name. I would be quite staggered, actually, if Philip wasn't a middle name somewhere in there. I just think, I know they didn't do it with George, but George was a monarch. Um, there was a lot more of a kind of pressure to follow those traditional monarch names. Um, and also, I think it's become particularly a particularly kind of poignant moment for Prince Philip in the last year or so with him retiring over the summer. Um, the younger royals are kind of really filling that gap now. And I just think to kind of... Um, just to really keep his name kind of going in the royal family and the working royal family, I think is a lovely thing to do. And I really think William and Kate will want to do that. So Not as a first name, though? I, I'm not sure about as a first name. I, I wouldn't completely rule it out, but I think it's a lot more likely as a middle name. Okay. Philip. And I think because they used Elizabeth for Charlotte's first middle name, I just think Philip for... Um, this baby is baby number three baby, as yeah, it's currently known I, just, I, I really feel that that will be the case I'd be quite surprised if it wasn't Philip wasn't in there okay. somewhere James I'm not sure about so the reason I'm not sure about James is um, Kate has a brother called James she has a brother-in-law called James that's a lot of Jameses already. Yeah, I know what you mean, but there was a lot of Georges in the royal family tree. and But not not ones that you're going to meet up with over perhaps. Christmas. Yeah, but I think also if you've got to think of the generation, of that generation. Um, I, I still think James is a very good contender because there's there, there's there's James that are clo- James that are close but not too close. So, you know, uncles and stuff and uncles-in-law, I don't think is, is something to worry about. And also that's a nice tribute to her brother. She's close to her brother. You know, we saw with Charlotte, there was, you know, a lot of tributes to William's side. So maybe they'll say, you know what, let's bring in tributes to Kate's side more in this baby's name. And that could be a way of doing that. So I, I don't think... A name that popped into my head this morning, actually was which hadn't come into the frame for me before was Thomas and I still think that could be quite a strong contender for the first name. Is it a royal name? No, not really. It's a little bit it's less traditional, but that's it that like I was saying before, I think particularly with the third, I think they really have the option to do that. And but it's still quite a classical name. Um and I think it's, it, it features in Kate's family tree far quite far back. Um, and I just think that could be quite a nice... I could see that happening. It's, there's, no, there's no problems with it either, and I think that's something they're always going to look at, you know, names that have negative associations maybe, and, and Thomas doesn't have anything like that. So, Is Arthur an actual traditional royal name or is it, is it just the sword in the stone and yeah um, I mean it is for that reason and it is a, like it is it is uh, yes a traditional royal name um but um I think it's just one of those traditional names that hasn't really had a revival and we don't see a lot of Arthurs around now um whereas a lot of traditional names like Frederick which is another contender you know Theodore you think there's a lot of Theos a lot of Freddies around nowadays even though they're very classical names but there's not a lot of Arthurs and I wonder if they'll go something go with something quite so old-fashioned that hasn't really had a modern revival because you still see Georges and you still see Charlottes, even though they're traditional names, and I think they might want something. Because when I was watching the last series of Victoria, the um, ITV show with Jenna Coleman, and um, you know, it's all glamorous, and 
Prince Albert is obviously this dashing dashing hero and it puts the name sort of back into more common parlance and he was a great um, supporter of Victoria during her reign and all of this kind of things but um, it won't be Albert will it because it's um, taken on a rather more unfortunate <laughs> connotation <laughs> I did days. not know about this until someone pointed out to me the other day Prince Albert is apparently some kind of uh, it's in the Urban Dictionary go and look it up go and look it up in the Urban Dictionary it involves an say. intimate piercing yeah. in a man I mean, if they aren't aware of that, maybe, or if it doesn't bother them, maybe. But, you know, obviously calling your child Albert when he's not a prince doesn't have that association. But I guess if you're a prince, maybe this is something, you know, particularly when you think of the younger generation and the urban dictionary, people might instantly know and might not be. It would would be unfortunate. Um, There's a couple of guys in the office who are very keen that it should be Michael. They're convinced it will be Michael because that's... For a first name. For a first name because um, Kate's dad is Michael. But there's already a Prince Michael. Yes, but again, you know, quite far down the pecking order, quite distant relative. Um, I am not convinced by that. Um, I just... I'm... uh, I'm not convinced that they will name him so directly after her father. I mean, they haven't named either of their children after William's parents so directly. We we had Charlotte, which is a tribute to Charles, and obviously Diana is a middle name. But they they didn't call George Charles, for example. um, And they didn't call Charlotte Diana or Carol. So I, I just would be surprised if they went with that for this baby. If there, are, if there are people who are about to have children who are listening, I, you know, I, I know it's difficult enough naming a, a, your own child, like, a, you know, a, a regular a regular child and the, having to keep the families happy and all this kind of thing. Yeah. But you've not got to announce it to the world. So it must be doubly, trebly I mean, certainly the anticipation maybe. is built now because of this. And the bookies are obviously having a brilliant time. Um, you know, there's probably a lot more bets been placed because of the time lapse than otherwise would have been. Um and it, you know, in some ways, it's quite exciting. We need to we're saying we need to find a phrase. Can can anyone think of a clever phrase? Like we had the great Kate wait. So can anyone think of a phrase for waiting for the baby name? Oh, if goodness. you can come up with a good one, then tweet us. Um, and I, I hope they might surprise us with something unusual or a bit more modern or something that the bookies haven't predicted is going to be one of the top contenders I mean I know Alex has had a bit of a Alexander sorry has had a bit of a rush of money today after again some of the conversations um, that were at the uh, church service earlier although Jerry strangely hasn't by comparison which was also mentioned but um, yeah something I don't know like Robert and Richard and those kind of names haven't really been mentioned yeah and I wouldn't rule it out I mean I thought that that might happen with George or Charlotte, and it didn't. And so I think I've now got my head very much fixed on those traditional names because I think twice now I've thought to myself, oh, will they do something different? And they haven't in any way, shape or form in any of the names, first or middle names. So I think I've just kind of come around to thinking, no, that's not going to happen. Oh, well, <laughs> hopefully at some stage we will find out and then we will um, we'll come back either with a little special or we'll talk about it in our next show anyway. We should know uh, the name by next time anyway. Oh, uh, goodness. Although, what's the, do they have to register the birth like normal parents? Well, they do, but there's quite a large window of time before you have to do that. So. It's about two weeks or something, isn't no, it? No, I think it's even longer. Gosh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it, you know, it, it could be, I'll check, but it's... 
please don't make us wait that long. Is all I can say every day. They've got to name the baby before the wedding. It's, oh gosh, yeah. So. I'm sure it will be in the next few days. But now I'm, you know, we, we, we've this is the longest we've waited. So oh yeah, in between in between times, tweet us your suggestions of what the baby should be called. Um, Victoria is at Queen Vic Mirror. Mm-hmm. I'm at Anne Gripper. Um, thank you for listening. As ever, you can subscribe to the show, um, and then we'll bring you all the analysis of the baby news and who exactly it has been named after or any strange tributes or urban dictionary yeah. definitions. We've got so used to calling it an it because we knew it was a boy or a girl. <laughs> so it's still getting used to the yeah, third yeah, Cambridge exactly. being around. Um, but thank you for joining us in an exciting week for the royal family. And until next time, or until the royal baby gets a new name... Pod save the Queen! 